I'm Des. And I'm Jay. And welcome to your weekly dose of Savage Reality. And I'm Jay. And welcome to your weekly dose of Savage Reality. Hi, everyone. We are back and ready to get into this next episode. Jay, how you doing? We're doing. We're here. <laughs> Another day in America. Oh, man. How are you? I'm good. Um, it was storming here earlier, so I'm glad that went away. I was driving home and I had gone to lunch with a friend and it was totally fine before I got there. And then as I'm driving home, all the traffic lights are out. So it took me like an extra, probably 20 minutes to get home because I was like, I don't even know what the interstate's like right now. So I don't want to fool with it. Probably should have done that. It would have been much safer, but thankfully we have electricity. So I didn't have to worry about that, but otherwise I'm off until the 10th. So I'm just vibing. Nice. Mm-hmm. Trying to hopefully have some fourth plants, but there are none yet. Gotcha. Gotcha. Cool. Well, let's go ahead and jump into episode five of season one. And we open up this episode with Peter and Jax, who are doing a little side work for Lisa. I'm assuming Lisa was having like a tea party mm-hmm. for Real Housewives of Beverly Hills. Yep, she uh, was. And Jax and Peter are there to be servers. So Lisa pulls Jax aside and asks him about the rundown for Vegas. And essentially she's like, so why did you even feel the need to go? which is a valid question. And he's like, well, my friends wanted me there and I wanted to be there. (laughs) And Lisa's like, yeah, okay. Yeah. That's really not that good of an excuse, but like, whatever. And then Jax goes on to explain what transpired in the restaurant where everyone started taking off their shirts and getting in fights and whatever else. And Lisa talks about how she's upset because this is a poor reflection on, you know, sir as a restaurant, the people that she employs, as well as, you know, from restaurant owner to restaurant owner, it's just she feels for the guy and it's just a bad look, uh, which, of course, these people are not thinking about when they go to start this drama in someone else's restaurant, because that would mean that their brains were fully developed to the point that they realize that their actions could potentially have consequences or that there's someone else to consider um, outside of their feelings in the moment. So, well, and the fact that she put this shit on a show so respectfully. They would have no idea where these people were from or anything if she wasn't cashing in on it. So I do believe in that moment she was probably frustrated, but I also think, and I wonder how this is for her in general, because I think we've talked about this before. I'm mad at these people, but I know that this is really good for the show. And since I pitched this show and I am an executive producer, I also benefit from their bad behavior, but I still have to like condemn their bad behavior yeah and like discipline them and whatever and so it just it feels I don't know how I would deal with that if I were in her position yeah and it's probably also a mind fuck for the servers because it's like okay you want us on the show because you know our relation our group dynamic which is toxic very and chaotic but then at the same time you know, you want us to be respectful <laughs> when we're in these public places, which is just not going to happen. So yeah, that's, that's a valid point. So she, she asked Jax, like how her and Frank or how Jackson and Frank are going to continue to work together at Sir since they got in this pretend fight. And he's like, well, you know, we work at separate bars. He works over there. I work in the garden. Like it is what it is. We got bills to pay. So like, essentially we need these jobs. And then Lisa goes on to ask like, well, what about Stassi? 
and Jax, you know, seems very performative at this mm-hmm. point. It's just like, oh, especially as we watch the season and see or the rest of this episode and see other things develop. And, you know, while he's sitting here on Lisa's couch, it's just like, oh, it's just so hard to talk about. Like, I just, I don't So dramatic. I love, her. I love her, but, you know, I just, I don't know. I can't talk about it. I can't talk about it. So, yeah, he's he's trying to put on a show that he's truly upset. And, you know, maybe he is. Maybe he is. But also, at the same time, these are your actions that got us here. So. Right. And you can't be that upset. Right, as we see in this episode. (laughs) Literally, in like two scenes. And so we then transition to Stassi, and she is walking with this woman who we then find out is her mom, Dana. I also just think it's very interesting that they look nothing alike. You don't think so? I really don't think so. And I think in maybe the next episode or the episode after that, when her dad comes, I don't really feel like she looks like him either. No, Stassi looks nothing like her dad, but I think her and Dana favor. My, I feel like it might be just the red hair that throws it off. You don't think so? No, I feel like Dana's features are a lot more like pointy than Stassi's are. Mm, I don't true. know. Either way it goes. I mean, she's really pretty, but they just don't look like they're related to me. So it's just, that was interesting that this is the first glimpse that we get of Stassi's mom. So we see them and they are walking to lunch and Stassi, as they're walking up, is explaining in one of her confessionals, all the similarities between her and her mom, which means we know this is about to be wild because we have already seen Stassi's out of line, quote unquote, behavior. And so we're just getting ready to gear up for what we're going to see with Dana. And so she's telling her mom about the trip to Vegas and she's recounting all the details. And in the middle of it, her mom zeroes in on the fact that her and Frank stayed together, which I just thought was hilarious because she was like, Stassi, are you serious? And Stassi's like, yeah, mom, like, what do you mean? And she was like, that just feels really fast. And Stassi's like, but we've gotten so close. And I was like, yes, you've gotten so close in the three weeks that you all have been together, but sure, whatever. And Stassi continues to talk about what's happening and specifically about her frustration with Katie and Kristen. And Dana is right there co-signing, which I think most parents would do, hopefully, that she doesn't understand why Katie and Kristen are continuing to defend Jax when it's clear that he is wrong, quote unquote. And they both then just like start going in on Jax and Dana's like, yeah, I've known for a long time that he wasn't right for you and all of this stuff, which I just don't know how I would feel hearing that from my mom, but whatever. At the end of it, though, we see that they're literally two peas in a pod, that these two together, it's it's just like watching an older version of one compared to the other. And it's so funny because I think especially in, I think the last season that Stassi's on, like season eight or so, when Dana has that like huge breakdown, when they're doing like the friends and moms dinner. It's so fucking funny because I'm like, this is literally classic Stassi. And Stassi's just like, I'm just so fucking over this. It's actually really, really comical. But yeah, so we see that Stassi is still in this place of thinking, I'm right in this. Everybody else is in the wrong. And I don't really understand what I need to do to get my friends back. But I feel really isolated, essentially. Yeah. Yeah, which would be a shitty feeling for sure. Um, and would also, you know, like Stassi, make me question my friends and their loyalty and their intentions and stuff like that. So I totally get it. Um, after this scene, we transition it to uh, Sheena and the practice that she has <laughs> for this performance. So she opens up by telling us that she is going that Tina the only other black person that we've seen so far on this show who also works at Sir is headlining at the Roxy and that supposedly Tina asked Sheena to open for her. I don't know how true that is. Right. And Sheena's singing ability is definitely at a novice. Um, it was probably more of a production thing. So 
Um, so yes, Tina's headlining at the Roxy. Sheena is opening and she's in the studio with her and a couple of other people who plan to be on stage with her, but they're also like doing vocals in the booth. And Sheena's trying to explain to the producers, like the plan for them to be on stage, which I'm like, duh, Sheena, that's literally every fucking person's plan when they're on stage. You're in the front, your dancers are behind you. Like, I don't know, the way she said it made it seem like this was some mind-blowing, never thought of idea. And it's just like, that's literally what everyone does, but truly i also want to point out that she has a black friend who is here to help that's true that's true and her black friend should have let her know that she should not have done what she did mm-hmm. or that or bad or like you know what you know maybe we just sit this one out so that makes me question that girl for sure um and how good of friends they are but <laughs> anywho the other girl so the guy producer is like you know you're going to want to put on a good show because Sheen is talking about how she's concerned that the stage is so big and this is her first time ever dancing and singing live. And the producer is is like, well, you know, you're going to want to put on a good show. Da, da, da. And then one of her friends is like, well, we all used to be cheerleaders. So I think we'll be fine. And I'm just like, dude, cheering on the sideline at any type of game is not the same. <laughs> And also, you would have practiced for that a lot more than it appears you all have practiced for this performance. Correct. Correct. So that little trio goes to get in the booth. And the the lyric that they are singing is something about you make me feel the need or something. I don't know. But it sounds like they're screaming and not singing. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. In the it's very painful to listen to. And at this point, when I'm watching the scene, I'm just like, make it stop. Make it stop. The producers, your friends, someone, you yeah. yourself. Listen, does this sound good? No, it doesn't. So you know what, guys, let's just call it quits. But no, we um we just double down. And after they're done recording, Sheena makes a comment. It's so hard to sing it all the way through. I'm like, Sheena, for someone whose aspiration is to be a singer, yeah, what the fuck did you think that you were going to do? Right. Also, when she said, can we just auto-tune my mic? I was like, I don't even know that auto-tune would be helping the situation right now. I (laughs) I just don't think so. Yeah, it was painful. It was very, very painful. And again, the fact that her friends let her not only do this, but then also do this on national television. Right. That's fucked up. For the first time, there is no way in the world that you could pay me enough to say for the first time live, I'm going to be doing this on national television. You just, there's just no way. Yeah. Not even close. At all. And so after that core practice, I would say, we then are transitioning to our first scene at Sir. And we see Jax and he is basically flirting with some customers um, as he's helping them, I guess, get settled at their table, maybe bringing them cocktails. I don't really know why he's over there, to be perfectly honest, considering he's a bartender. Maybe the waitress was unable to come help for some reason. And then we see Laura Lee kind of like clocking what's going on. And so Jax comes back to the bar where he's talking to Peter and Peter is like, Hey, I heard the latest that you've hooked up with someone else. And Peter calls him out for it being Laura Lee, just based on body language alone, to which I'm like, what has already happened in the restaurant that you could tell so easily that that was them that slept together, but okay. And so Jax explains how he's already in this new, essentially pattern of hanging out with her and you know it started out with one thing and it led through essentially a series of days spent together pretty much around the clock and that's where we've landed so that they're at this place where they're basically starting a new relationship and he insists that she is not a rebound and peter says "Mm, okay and i don't know who told her but Stassi knows what's up. And so Jax is kind of like, well, shit, I don't know how I'm going to manage that, but whatever. So then Laura Lee comes over to ask Jax about the girls he was talking to. And she is just really, really strange. 
as she is kind of trying to flirt with him, I guess is what is happening right now. It just looks really weird. And basically is also joking about her former meth addiction, which, okay, maybe that's a defense mechanism for her, but that just seemed kind of like, oof, I don't know that I would have brought that up in this way. Yeah, it was it was disturbing because like Destiny mentioned in the beginning when Jax is flirting or whatever he's doing with the customers and Laura Lee is watching it all. She's like, do I need to go beat some? And then her voice, this is a girl with a very annoying voice, um, worse than Sheena's. She's like, you want me to go beat some booty? So like her voice is like a cross between like a, a seven-year-old mm-hmm. and... I don't know, someone who's like really amped up on a lot of sugar. Or sucked healing him out of a balloon. Yeah. Yeah, for sure. Yeah. And so when she's like, Do I do you want me to go beat some booty? And then Jax is like, Oh no, they don't speak English. We weren't flirting. Da-da-da-da. And somehow he says something like, Yeah, you can tell them all about your past. And she goes, Yeah, ex-math addict, I'll fuck you up. <laughs> I was like, What? Mm-hmm. something is off very and again it could totally be a defense mechanism but i don't know if that's something that you should joke about even if you have experienced it but hey who are we exactly exactly and so then i think she wanders off or maybe jack was saying this to peter yeah i think to peter and says that like this is the best sex he's had in such a long time and i was like well that's really fucked up to say knowing stassi's gonna watch this but whatever and so at that point Stassi walks in and we hear how she learned about the relationship between Jax and Laura Lee which was essentially that Laura Lee like a person should told her hey this is what's up Jax and I are starting a relationship now and so Stassi comes over to Frank to complain about who's working with her on her side of the restaurant and how upset she is that no one's being nice to her and I'm like, are you serious, Stassi? You caused all of this drama. So I just really need you to get over it. Because again, you are at work. You're just coming off a suspension. I don't understand why you have any questions about what's going on right now. And also, how much do you need to talk to people? You're working. I would assume that you all are fairly busy, but maybe you're not. I don't know. So then Lisa comes in and basically like lays into Jax for getting into a relationship with Laura Lee and calling him out for how confusing he is because he was just at her house like a day or two prior saying how he was so distraught about everything that had happened with Stassi. But now you're in this relationship with someone who Lisa says is fragile. And she also gives us a little bit more information about Laura Lee's addiction issues which again are just very wild one i mean i'm glad i guess lisa knows about them because clearly this has been a conversation she and laura lee have had but also i don't know that i would tell my boss about my addiction issues unless i thought that they were going to like impact my work in some way i don't know that just feels very strange to me to disclose but maybe again that's part of that whole family atmosphere that they have you know, I think that's a white people thing. They disclose too much information in general when it comes to anything about their personal lives. See, I don't think so. I really think it depends on the job because like friends that I have, when I tell them about the relationships that I have with people at work, they're like, I would never tell people about anything going on in my personal life. That And that's a lot of my white friends. They just don't do that. Hmm. I know. Very strange. Yeah. <laughs> But I think too, and I literally was just, I think, talking about this with Derek the other day. I think too, because we've both been in education, it's a very different type of environment. And because it's so relationship focused, that's like naturally a part of how you relate to other people. Whereas like, I think other industries, that's not as much necessarily a part of conversations that you're having, especially depending on the type of work that you're doing and like how you show up at work. Gotcha. That's fair. Um, but another funny part of this scene, like when Lisa's talking to Jax about how she's fragile and her addiction issues, we it pans to Jax um, in his confessional. And he's like, I mean, yeah, I know she's got addiction issues, but she's been sober for like nine months now. <laughs> and like that is the number one rule of any type of like recovery program is that you are not supposed to date anyone for the first year. 
And even if it wasn't a rule like Jack's, not to say nine months is not impressive. That is that is a long time for people who truly struggle with addiction issues. But Jax, like you're saying nine months of, as if she's been straight and steady and like on this great path for like six years, right. <laughs> nine months. Like I'm assuming that that's still like a fragile part in her sobriety or anybody's sobriety. Yeah. So, yeah. I don't know if, if we can say, oh, it's been nine months. I'm sure she's totally fine now. No. Mm-hmm. Exactly. And so basically... Stassi comes up to Peter and she's like, Hey, I'm feeling uncomfortable. And I would just rather go home because I'm really trying to be strong right now, but I just can't deal with this. Laura Lee and I were friends and Jax has told me that he was going to find the one friend of mine that he could get with and do it. And sure enough, that is exactly what he did to which I said, Stassi, a why do you care? You're already with another dude. B, why are you even talking to Jax right now? Like outside of just like the, we need to separate our things. There shouldn't, in my opinion, be any other conversations outside of what's necessary for the show, but whatever. Peter thankfully says tough shit. We're too busy for that. And you gotta stay in work, which Kudos to Peter, because I feel like any other person probably would have been like, oh, yeah, it's fine. You just go ahead and go home. We'll manage. Like, absolutely not. And that's exactly what happens. I don't know if it's the next episode or the next one, but she pulls the same shit with Guillermo and Guillermo ends up letting her go home. Mm -hmm, (laughs) mm -hmm. In what world do you go to your boss and tell them that you're struggling because one of your so-called friends is now dating your ex who you... Uh, supposedly like you're putting it out here that you hate this man like he's the scum of the fucking earth but you're also jealous that he's in this new relationship and so you can't do your job like are you mm-hmm. not concerned about paying your bills you know I don't know it's a, right Stassi and her textbook behavior of white privilege so. exactly especially like thinking about the fact that she just moved into her own apartment girl we need all the dollars we can get at this point exactly exactly and so I have just decided to call Tom and Kristen TK for now works for me love it it seems appropriate so TK um they decide to have people over um and because if you guys remember the last episode they were in Vegas and so since then Stassi Kristen and Katie have not been speaking So everyone is invited over to TK's except for Stassi. And Kristen goes on to make this comment like, you know, I've always, she was like, I can have Laura Lee over. I can have Jax over. And then she's like, I can have Sheena over. And then she makes a comment in her confessional. Like, I've always really liked Sheena. It's just uncomfortable when Stassi's around. So again, and I can't remember how old was Kristen this first season? Um, She might've been 30 or really close to it. I'm pretty sure. So the fact that you like someone and your friend who's 23, which, you know, Kristen, y'all probably shouldn't be in the same friend group anyway. Mm. Uh, Not to say that you can't be friends with a 23-year-old because there are 23-year-olds who are mature enough to have relationships with 30-year-olds. You have a lot of older friends too. For sure. For sure. So like, I get it. Stassi is not I. (laughs) Stassi is very childish and very petty. So for you to let a 23-year-old whose brain has clearly not fully developed yet dictate who you speak to and who you're friends with is fucking pathetic. Mm-hmm. Just couldn't be me. No, me neither. Uh, so <laughs> Sheena, in her her uh, confessional, I guess the producers are asking her, like, what do you think of Jackson Laura Lee? And she's like, I mean, honestly, it's a joke. If I if I take a look at my crystal ball, they're not going to be together very long. So mm-hmm. I love that, Sheena. Love that. Look at you. Um, so then we go to the living room. Everybody's seemingly at TK's house. And Tina, I guess there's some rumblings about how Chris and Katie and Stassi aren't speaking. And then Tina, the only Black character who has had speaking lines so far <laughs> in the show, says wait like as of two weeks ago I thought you guys were all the best of friends like what happened and then Kristen was like oh so you didn't hear what happened in Vegas and so Kristen goes down this rabbit hole of explaining what happens and Tina I think in this moment I realized why Tina was not a main cast member on this show is because she's probably way too mature 
a hundred percent. Like you could just tell she's like listening to Kristen speak and it's just like, okay, so why are you all putting up with this? Right. And also this is probably not the first time that Chris and Katie and Stassi have had a fallout of this nature. Mm -mm. So Tina knowing the history is probably like, you know what? Y'all are fucking idiots. Like all the other black people who would watch this scenario and think the exact same thing. Yes. And I think even just people in general, because most people do not have friendship drama like this. This is not, I feel like a typical thing that people go through in their friendships, or if they do, it's a one and done. Like if someone was telling me that I made them depressed, it's going to be a hot minute before we speak again. It just is going to be, if ever, because the way that friendship works for me is I'm going to ride for you. But if you feel like what I'm doing is not working for you, okay, that's cool. I don't need to do that anymore. And I will go make friends with other people. It's totally fine. For sure. Yeah. And as they're closing out this conversation, <laughs> Tina asked Jax, like, who won in this pretend fight between Jax and Frank? And Jax is like, well, I think I won. Neither of you won, but. <laughs> right, because you did like, <laughs> Jax is like, I think I won because I'm not with her anymore. And like, as we mentioned, okay, maybe probably this same exact week you were at Lisa's seeming so fucking depressed that you weren't with Stassi. Right. And you get with her friends at work, like mm-hmm. two days after you have this conversation with Lisa. And now you're all like, oh yeah, I won because I'm not with her anymore. Okay, Jax sure (laughs) Mm -hmm. just like so so trifling like we know you're a lying we know you are right yeah and he's probably just trying to save face in front of laura lee which you know i can appreciate that you're trying to be of course i guess but you don't want her to feel insecure right especially even though never mind let me not go there okay (laughs) so sheena asked laura lee in this scene too that if she's had a conversation with saucy she's seen saucy whatever (laughs) and so Laura Lee starts describing all this verbal abuse that Stassi mm. sent her via text. And just some of the highlights of what Stassi said is that she thinks that Laura Lee is disgusting. Mm. No one liked Laura Lee until Stassi started paying attention to her, which in Stassi's defense is probably, based on what we've seen, that's probably fucking true. Correct. And then she also said that she was a freak. I mean, she said a lot of other things in there also, but it was just like, gosh, way to punch with your words. Yeah, Stassi's just, whew, she, she gave no fucks in these beginning seasons. She but. sure, sure didn't. And again, I think some of that is like mean girl high school behavior, but I also think some of that to an extent is this is showing a little bit of who you are. And mm-hmm. yeah, it's a little scary. Again, I would not want to be friends with somebody like that. Right. Yes. But alas, that is not how most of this cast thinks. So right. there we are. And so at the this kind of these text messages and the the content of them makes its way to the staff meeting that mandatory staff oh, meeting. I love the staff meetings. That's called. So oh my goodness. So between the texts and everything that happens in Vegas, Lisa's like, we need to have a big sit down about this. And the Sir staff meetings are just some of the best scenes that you'll ever see because the entire staff is at Sir, all dressed like they're going to work, even though I don't think that all of them are ever actually working at the same time, but whatever. And it's almost as good as a back alley fight to me, truly. I just, I just love them. But the staff meetings are essentially a time for Lisa to just yell at everybody about all the issues. It's not like what you would expect a typical staff meeting to be, especially if you've participated in them. This is definitely more disciplinary in nature. And so everyone is arriving to Sir, and we see Lisa come in and you can tell she is pissed off she is angry and she just throws her purse aside and she's like well i've heard a lot of stories and so let's get into it and i also think it's interesting that everyone is there because not everyone in the restaurant was involved in everything that's happened so i'm also confused about why everybody is there but i guess she just wants to nip everything in the bud at once so i guess that also makes sense but i thought that that was strange And it's probably also the thing like 
know, there's probably lots of rumors and things going around and people being like, oh, well, I heard this. Well, I heard that this happened. Well, I heard that she did this, this person. And so even though they weren't all involved, firsthand knowledge of what happened is probably like, okay, let's just air it all out. So right. everybody's on the same page, everybody's got the same information and let's move forward. Exactly. And then after her initial introduction, she begins to hear from everyone that was in Vegas because she's asking about the Vegas stuff first. And so Jax kind of kicks it off and he explains where his head was at. And he basically just apologizes for his behavior. He's like, you know, I was wrong. I shouldn't have done what I did. And that's really all that I have to say about it. And so then Lisa brings up that she heard from Katie that Stassi and Katie had gotten physical. And so Stassi tries to explain that the issue between her and Katie started because of something that Schwartz said. And Katie just happened to be in between her and Schwartz. And Stassi says, and I quote, like, I'm not a ghetto bitch. And Lisa says, well, that behavior sounds like ghetto bitch, which there's a whole history, obviously, of like using the term ghetto in relation to people that aren't black doing things, which is a whole other side thing to get into about how they shouldn't be using this term to describe this <laughs> behavior. However, the shit was ghetto because yeah. you don't do that shit in a restaurant with your fucking friends. Like you just don't pull that at all. You just don't. But again, as you say, hashtag white people shit. Mm-hmm. And so then we see Laura Lee on the side, just kind of like, just moving around, kind of just like, she just seems very like disgruntled and she's basically fuming and Jax is like trying to calm her down. And then Lisa says, well, you know, this is a time to air everything out. And then she calls directly on Laura Lee because she's like, dude, you just look like you're about to jump out of your seat. What's going on? And so then Laura Lee starts talking to Lisa basically, but sharing with everybody else all of the stuff that Stassi has been doing to her which is incredibly fucked up so the bully text and like the fact that they've just been really really constant and I will say I know that Katie later on gets a rep for rage texting I feel like Stassi started that shit when I listened (laughs) to the way that this all went down and so we see Kristen kind of stepping up for Laura Lee, which I also found to be very surprising. But I think partially it was because she was mad at Stassi. And so she was like, I'm mad at her. So I also want to see her put in her place. But also like the shit that she did to Laura Lee is really, really fucked up. And Stassi is like, well, yeah, I mean, I did all of it. I just don't feel bad about it at all. And it's like, wow. She was like, it was nice of me to just fully text her. (laughs) (laughs) It's just like, oh my gosh. And so then Laura Lee starts going on this whole rant and basically is talking about, you know, like I called you to tell you I was getting with Jack so that you didn't have to hear it. Not for me. And I did all of these things for you. And then for you to go there and treat me like that, that's super duper fucked up. But then Stassi and her backup friends continue to defend Stassi's entire perspective on the issue. Yeah. And like you said about Laura Lee reaching out to Stassi to tell her like, hey, we're getting into this relationship. A, that was huge. huge. For like if if Stassi really does have this mean, go- mean girl persona at Sir, like I'm sure it could be intimidating to other white girls to have to approach her with that type of information. Mm-hmm. So I mean, that's big of her. But then also Laura Lee shares with the group, she was like, you know, I remember a week ago uh, or a couple weeks ago, she had talked to Stassi and Stott and she was saying, Stassi, you're dating Frank. Like that was fast. And Stassi's response was, oh, come on, Laura Lee, you know, my relationship's been over for months. Mm-hmm. So as Laura Lee points out, if that's the truth, why the fuck do you care about Jack's being in a new relationship? Mm-hmm. And valid fucking points. So just exactly. like Stassi for always speaking her mind and being upfront and honest, because that's rare to find in a friend who is a female friend who is white. Same for Laura Lee exactly exactly and yes Kristen continues to just jump in 
consistently which again at the beginning was fine but like it just it got to be too much at a certain point and we see that this comes kind of like a becomes a pattern for Kristen she's so Captain Sabaho when mm-hmm. it comes to other people's conflict like we saw this in the episode with Pride and Sheena rubbed the sunscreen on Jax's back and she was the first mm-hmm. one to be like really Jax really like don't ever ask me to defend you again da 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 and in this situation she's like yeah Tell tattletailing on Stassi like yeah she sent all these texts to Laura Lee talking about she should be afraid for her job and Mm -hmm. none of us are gonna like her and then at the end of the meeting Kristen says something about Stassi being 24 23 and then Kristen's like do you know what I've been through he's been through she's been through by the time we were 24 and I'm like Kristen even though what you're saying does make sense but like this has nothing to do with you really so just pipe down yeah and again i think the only reason she came out so hard against her is because she is mad at her because i think otherwise her and katie both would have been on the other side of the situation with all the backups who probably wouldn't be speaking up (laughs) because katie and Kristen would have been doing all the work for her and then we see sheena's bitch ass just reveling in it she's like yeah i don't feel so bad now after i've seen all the ways that stassi's come after laura lee and i'm like like you said in episode one Jalen, about not feeling bad for sheena mm-hmm. i had forgotten about this and i was like this is exactly why i don't feel bad about it for okay. you because you there's no way in the world that i would feel better that she was treating someone worse than me like are you serious right and i know we don't really see sheena grow a backbone until ever current season season 10 literally season but 10 and the end of season 10 like the last fucking episode <laughs> the literal last fucking seconds of season 10 is when she finally gets backbone but if anybody should have been interjecting on um laura lee's behalf i felt like mm-hmm. that was the place for sheena to step up and be yes like, oh, you did this shit to me now you're doing mm-hmm. her. like this is a pattern lisa mm-hmm. what are you do about this behavior but no she's just sitting over there sipping her coat quietly laughing smirking and i'm like damn just a funny. bitch she's uh horrible horrible yeah. and so <laughs> that's where it kind of ends and so then we basically see after the staff meeting that Stassi again is you know hanging out with the backups after they're and they're kind of decompressing and kind of debriefing about the meeting and they're all talking shit about Laura Lee longer and saying you know well like are you kidding me Jax thinks she's disgusting and now he's obsessed with her and Stassi says oh yeah he just told me he was in love with me a few days ago and like she thinks that they're really together all this stuff it's just really it's like hater behavior and I just don't understand it like who the fuck cares like if you don't actually feel bad about what you did and she didn't hurt you why do you continue to talk about it and if you don't still have feelings for Jax like right you've got a whole new boyfriend who Man. Peter pointed out in the scene where she's asking Peter if she can go home mm-hmm. and she's explaining how quote unquote hard it is for her to see Jax and Laura Lee making out at the bar or whatever and Peter's like okay but when Jax was complaining about you and Frank mm-hmm. you thought it wasn't an issue just like he thinks his situation's not an issue so what's the yep. problem he and Jax didn't ask to go home exactly exactly so, typical Stassi in the first season right and <laughs> so earlier we got to see Sheena practicing her singing which was atrocious and now we get to see Sheena practicing her dancing but before we get there (laughs) before we get there um so there was a part earlier that we talked about um when Stassi when Stassi made the comment like she should be glad that all I did was bully text her (laughs) so in this quick little snapshot of Sandoval in his um confessional he's talking about how Stassi has this tendency to come up with these really violent metaphors which if you know me, I can appreciate. So <laughs> some of the ones that um, he highlighted were like, you know, she made the comment that she would take a fork and a knife to graze over Jax's body until he bled to death. <laughs> or that she would like to take daggers and chop Jax in the face and then hide him in the walls. 
kind of disturbing, but this one takes the cake. So this is like a flashback to when I guess we didn't get to see the full argument that ensued after Sheena was rubbing um, sunscreen on Jax's back. Yes. Saucy is sitting with Jax. They're at like a brunch or lunch or something. And she's like, I normally would have literally ran across that float with daggers and not (laughs) only literally stabbed you both 40 times, but I would have thrown you off the, what were they on? The float, tarred Mm -hmm. and feathered each of you, beheaded you, and then quartered your bodies and then dragged them through the street (laughs) of LA on a (laughs) truck. Oh my God. Camera pans to Jax and Jax is just like, yep. It's another Tuesday. <laughs> so I guess it is a good thing. But you know, that's scary. Text Laura Lee. Because when women really get to that point, like, I mean, that show snaps. That's why, <laughs> literally, I was going to say, that's why Oxygen has its whole ass own channel about women committing crimes against their dudes because you just push into a certain point and they get there. Yeah, it was a lot. It was, I was like, wow, that is, those are very graphic. Very, very mm-hmm. graphic but hey shit was funny it's funny i was telling michael and taylor one day i was like i think the best way to torture somebody would be to strap them to a chair cut off their eyelids and Ow. Eat them sleeping pills what do oh you think that I, I don't fucking know Jalen. <laughs> sounds gross but like top-notch torture right like 10 out of 10 uh that feels like a little involved i think I think that the torture doesn't have to be so aggressive. I think it can just be simple because if you, yes, okay. cutting off someone's eyelids is okay. fucking aggressive, okay. but I would say you just have to find out what annoys a person and then just do that to them consistently over a long period of time. Like, for example, I hate hearing people chew food. If you put me in a room and you just piped in sounds of me hearing people eating, I would die. I would literally die. And that's all it takes. Got it. And like, technically, if someone found out what I did or what you did, you'd only get charged with kidnapping <laughs> as opposed to like kidnapping and assault. Mm, that's fair. You know, you know, and then potentially drugging. So yeah, yeah I think you just gotta, you just gotta make it simple. <laughs> what movie is that from? Like if if it's good oh hercules <laughs> you know you said yeah you got caught exactly yeah. mm-hmm. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Anyway. <laughs> so yes earlier in the episode we got to see sheena practice her singing which made me want to cry and now <laughs> to see sheena practicing her dancing which also makes me want to cry so and also we clock that the black girl is now gone She's right. no longer in the picture. Right. And I'm like, what happened to her? She might have stepped. She might have after that studio session been like, Sheena, you know what? I it's can't been? do this. Okay. All right. If you go do it, I can't. <laughs> but we get a little glimpse of Queen Ariana. Queen Ariana. And I think this is the only time we see her that entire first season. But so Ariana is the other backup dancer. Ariana and I think the other girl's name is Jacqueline. Yeah. So Sheena opens up this scene talking about she's trained tap and ballet and jazz and hip hop, supposedly. But if you were to watch this scene, you would not think that she knew how to walk with one foot in front of the other. Mm -mm. Yeah, it was bad. And so there's a part where they stop and she's talking to everyone in the room. She's like, gosh, how does Britney do this? Uh, well, Brittany Brittany was has- born for this bitch exactly and Britney has talent <laughs> just because people accused you of looking like Britney Spears does which that- I still don't see that I just don't see it I could see how she did back then not who she is now there would be no mistaking her for Britney Spears you don't know no I did she does not I- look like Britney Spears to me that was people fucking it. reaching and her just <laughs> loving it that's all that was I could see it I could see it but anywho, just because you may look like her, uh, you don't have her talent. And Sheena has now come to realize that, I think. Um, but in this first season, she still hadn't. So they're practicing dancing and it's just it's just bad. It's just really, really bad. Um, yeah, there's it's a clear part- she has not done any work <laughs> any on her part, own. Yeah, and she's like, oh, my coordination. And like, I just haven't practiced in a really long time. And it's just like, hmm. I don't know if you've practiced ever, but hey, if you say you have, 
that's all that matters. And then there's a part where she's like on the ground and she's rolling her hips. And then she's just like, can I just stay down here and do this the whole time? And I'm crazy. Like, yeah, please stop. <laughs> Don't say that. Mm-hmm. You Mm-mm. cannot. That would be very embarrassing as it is. Truly. <laughs> but Ariana is killing it. Yeah. Yeah, for sure. So very interesting. Very interesting. Um, so yes, Sheena is prepping for what is going to be her opening act at the Roxy. And so after her poor practice, we then are going to Bugatti with Stassi, who's again hanging out with her backups. Um, and she's basically like, yeah, I'm hanging out with my backup friends because my normal friends don't like me right now. And I'm mad at them. So I'm going to hang out with these other people, which she doesn't say that, obviously, but that's just what it looks like is happening. So she's at dinner with Jen and Haley. So Jen is another waitress and Haley is a hostess. And so they're sitting and ordering and whatnot. And then Jen starts talking about the show at the Roxy the next night. And Stassi didn't realize that Sheena was performing at all. And Jen was like, oh, well, yeah, I think she's opening. And so, of course, Stassi gets like super excited to be able to like make fun of Sheena. But also in this part of the scene, Jen is <laughs> explaining all of this. And Jen makes the comment um, like, yeah, I didn't know Sheena was a singer. Yeah, it's because she's <laughs> <laughs> Sheena thinks that Sheena's a singer, but uh, the rest of the world knows that Sheena's not a singer. But hey, whatever. Um, and then Stassi also makes a comment about like, are there going to be backup dancers? And like, as that's a thing that doesn't happen on a regular basis, isn't backup dancers like a common thing? I would say so. I don't know about shows at the Roxy because I feel like the types of shows that I've heard about being there are a lot more like rock or like Adele type of people, mm. not necessarily like a full pop star vibe, but maybe that's why she was asking. Maybe she was just like, wait, she's putting together like a whole show. I've got to go. And I thought it was so funny that Stassi hadn't heard the song yet. And so that Jen like whipped out the song on her phone. I was also like, where the fuck did she get this from? <laughs> like <laughs> you just randomly have the track on your phone. Was the shit on iTunes? <laughs> like I just don't know. And so Stassi is like, oh yeah, I've got to get my shift covered and figure this shit out so that I can be their front and center because I need to see this happening in real time. And so that brings us to the Roxy where we get to see the combination. We get to see all the pieces put together, the singing, the, the outfit, Whew. and mm. the yes, but, but before we get into the details. Um, so yes, Stassi talks about as they're going into this scene that she got her shift covered so that she could be there. And, and as Sheena is like backstage, like getting, you know, last hair, makeup, costume stuff done, She's talking to them about how they need to adjust the mic because she's walking in and clapping. And when she walks in clapping, it was so awkward. Like I just don't understand why she couldn't have clapped with a microphone in her hand. Right. That or were there are there not curtains at the Roxy? Could they not have just been on stage already? The walking in and the claps, like she did like two claps before she had to grab right. it. It just exactly really, really bootleg. Yeah. But before she gets out there, we pan to a confessional and she's like, you know, she's got all these friends and coworkers, family in this, in this, in the, what's it called? Those people who watch? Audience? Yep. That's the word. <laughs> <laughs> she's got all these people in the audience that she feels like she has to please. And I'm like, okay, but what happened to the episode at the tattoo shop? Mm. you're like I don't give a fuck what people think about me because then you don't have to please anybody but yourself right so, again that comment totally threw me for a fucking loop because I would have never imagined Sheena as someone who doesn't care um now to start off the performance I think it started off like the first 10 seconds when she's not moving correct <laughs> when she does that swivel down the microphone pole mm-hmm. she bends over and does that like bend and snap almost from legally blonde yeah it just from there it's downhill for me mm-hmm. uh, the track sounds good 
and mm-hmm. you, you can definitely tell the difference between the track and her singing because yeah you catch her over the track like too loud it's like ooh Mm-hmm. bring it back down bring it back down <laughs> um yeah but yeah in those moments when you can hear her over the track it's just like nail again that's it's screaming it's screaming it's very painful and I don't understand why the backup dancers also have to sing right? like their track Sheena really needs I mean Beyonce's backup dancers aren't singing consistently yeah, yeah. That's just, I don't, I just didn't really understand that. Also in the crowd, we see like the girls from Sir, like Katie and Kristen, they're just vibing. And I always wonder why do white girls play with their hair when they dance? I just never, I never really understood that, but I feel like I see that consistently across shows. They're like, their hands are going through their hair. They're like whipping their hair back. Like I think about, you know, like Laguna beach when like Kristen was on spring break and she's like, Oh yeah, yeah, yeah. Or, you know, you don't watch real housewives of Beverly Hills, but like, that's one of Kyle's main tricks is she like twists up her hair, a helicopter. I have seen, um, real housewives of Beverly Hills. I watched it until that season with Carlton. Was that her name? The girl Oh, season four. Mm -hmm. I stopped after that. Now, Kyle, got some fucking beautiful hair if i had it's not like that anymore it's not i mean it's still nice but it's just not like that oh no it's just like probably more natural more close to like what her actual hair is like but it's not like the thick luscious yeah girl yeah that's she one hers is she not latina also or is that her husband no he right yeah mauricio's from mexico mexico oh yeah but no yeah she's just that she was also latina of some no she's not well yeah that hair was beautiful um but Mm -hmm. i think white girls do that because i mean like when i when i'm thinking on a political level i think society has taught us the world that white girl's hair is like the epitome of hair. And so I mm. think they just really lean into that, whether they realize that's why they're doing it or not. Um, mm. But then if I'm just thinking about a basic ass reason why they do it, uh, probably just to mask the fact that they can't dance and they think that their hair, <laughs> you know, provides enough of a cover to, you know, subvert people's attention from yeah. to their hair. Oh my God. It reminds me of this episode of Glee. Did you ever watch Glee? No, I don't do music. Well, Oh, fair. Whatever. There's this one episode called Hairography. Uh-huh. Literally, this one, and I want to say, I want to say it was the competing glitty club that Eve was coaching. She was like a guest star in one of the episodes. Oh, like Eve. Yeah, like the rapper. Mm-hmm. Oh, okay. Yeah, there's a lot of people on Glee. Britney Spears, she was also on Glee multiple times. But anyway, so she, it was just like, they were dancing well, but a lot of it was just hair. Cause oh. I think they had these, I want to say they had these like big afros. Mm-hmm. And so they were like, Oh, we just need to work our hair. We don't actually have to be good performers. And I was like, huh, that is there you go. Interesting concept. There you um, go. Yeah. So that's funny. I just thought about that. Move that shit around enough. It's like, Oh, she's, she's jamming up there, but no, <laughs> right. But no, not, not at all. <laughs> Yeah. So as they're wrapping up the performance, it closes out with all of them just kind of like mosh pit jumping on the stage. And I say all of them, there's only three of them on the stage. It's very right. for that fist pumping they do at the end. And I was like, that stage also wasn't that big. It wasn't not unless we just didn't get the full picture of it. But yeah, that big. they definitely could have just stood still or just done right. simple things at their at their mics. Because, you know, if Sheena was an actual legit singer, I could see a version of this where she, like, did, like, a broken down version that was a little darker. And she was just sitting on a stool, just really, like, vocalizing a la Adele. Mm. Or, like, a Jennifer Hudson. Or, like, even a Kelly Clarkson. And it could have just been so much better. Yeah, that requires singing talent. True. She didn't have it. Not have. So Mm-mm. she doesn't have dancing talent either. So it was just sure all bad, in my opinion. So I think it's crazy that we see Stassi, who's like, no, I think she did a really good job. And I'm like, oh, so is this the standard? For- the bar was low. In white people's eyes for what good is? Because I wouldn't even want her to do that at like a elementary school talent show. It was terrible. 
I think that our Spice Girls talent show performance, award-winning talent show performance, may I add you, was way better than this. You know how I have like memory loss when it comes <gasps> to long-term memory. Jaylen, oh my god! The picture, but I don't remember anything about that day. The scene, oh. like I don't remember anything at all. It, it was fire. We we yeah. did a, and I've talked about this at work all the time. So the work people who are listening about who are listening to this right now are gonna laugh. But we did spice up your life. Okay. It was. Um, yeah. Like, have a good time. She can- <laughs> it was me you megan nikki and shelby shelby yes yeah 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 it was wild and we won i feel like we were also like one of the last people to perform too uh if you guys it was great obviously destiny and i are both black destiny was scary spice and i was (laughs) ginger spice was my favorite so i was ginger spice i think mom even spray painted my hair that day red she did not spray paint your hair. You wore red. Your hair was normal. No, somebody, somebody did, did make no. my hair. No, ma'am. I your hair was not to... spray painted. Are you sure? I have the photograph. <laughs> your hair is normal. Okay. Well. No, but my hair though, I remember I want to say Megan's mom put my hair in rollers. And this was pre-me having a relaxer. So it looked all nice for like most of the day but then by the end of the day I really did look like fucking scary spice <laughs> yeah yeah it was rough but we won and I would say that I was what I was in fifth grade I believe you were in second grade yeah <laughs> that performance was better than Sheena's oh that's funny that's funny I wish somebody had that on tape man somebody yeah. probably does somewhere yeah yeah that would be funny to watch again right yeah. So yeah, Stassi's talking to her backup friend saying that she thinks Sheena did a good job. Like, I was like, mm, okay, sure. Um, but then we see Stassi like start to get all depressed. I personally think she got sad because she wasn't able to make fun of Sheena. I don't that... think, I don't know if it had anything to do with, because she tells us that she, watching her friends basically have fun without her. Mm-hmm aka living life without her (laughs) and they're having a good time like she's like it's just too hard for her to be able to watch and I'm just like is it I could see that though because I feel like she is so used to being in control of the group and when she's not in control of the group and people are doing things without her where they're having fun I could totally see her being pissed that she is not the center of the fun exactly pissed not sad well, I don't know. <laughs> I think for her, her anger sometimes comes out as sadness. Gotcha. That makes sense. Because, you know, you, I feel like are similar. I am just angry. I just get angry. I don't really get sad. I'm not a really sad person. I don't like to experience sadness. So I just channel all of my negative feelings into anger, which is not healthy. That's just who I am. Not at all. <laughs> but that's just how I am. That's how I exist. But I get mad for like 30 minutes and I get over it. Huh. That's fair. That is true. Yeah. Depending on what it is. Sometimes, now, sometimes I'm mad for days, but yeah. Sometimes I'll talk to mom and I'll be like, she's just so fucking bipolar, yo. Like one minute she's so pissed. You know, it's like chicken little the sky is falling. And then the next minute it's like, I'm not talking about. I don't know. It's weird. It's like a, you're like a sour patch kid. No. no. Mm, I think you're I'm just <laughs> reacting to what's happening. Uh, I don't just like purposefully do mean things. Okay. Sour patch kids do do things intentionally you're right exactly that's what I mean so our favorite sour patch kid Stassi goes outside and starts to cry Mm. because she feels lonely and Sheena oh my god I'm just like dude you oh man just desperate desperate there that's perfect word for it she goes outside and she's like are you okay Hug. and Stassi's like I just, uh, uh, I'm gonna have a mental breakdown and she was like oh you're gonna make me cry and she's like no don't cry because we normally hate each other no Stassi you hate Sheena right Sheena wants to be your friend <laughs> right as we can see in this moment when she's comforting you for no fucking reason for no, there's no way I would have done what Sheena did no way but you know Mm-mm. what Sheena is going, God is going to be very pleased with Sheena. 
Surely. People do her dirty day mm-hmm. in, day fucking out. And she just turns around like, oh, it's okay. She's like that. Is it a Bible verse where it's like, you know, the seven times seven thing? You know what I'm talking about? Uh-uh, don't know that one. Oh, it's like, it's like where it's like, if you do something wrong to me seven times, I'm still supposed to forgive you seven times. Something, it's something like that. I gotta, I gotta look it up. But basically, it's just about continuing to like forgive people, even though they're fucked up to you. Gotcha. Okay. Yep. That's one that God and I are going to have to talk about. Um, <laughs> you're like, you know what? It's just not, it just wasn't happening for me. I tried. <laughs> so, yeah. So, Sheena goes out to comfort her or whatever. And then, and Sheena's confessional, she's like, now, initially, when I saw her crying, I was like, ha, get what you deserve. But then she was like, but then, you know, I feel bad for her because I know what it feels like to have all your friends at work against you, where I want to be like, Sheena, no, you don't. Girls are not your friends. <laughs> they, I mean, I don't even think we see them truly embrace Sheena fully until when? Maybe mm, I don't think that they, as a group, ever, ever fully embrace fully Sheena. Embrace Sheena. I think true. that Kristen and Katie do at different times. Yeah but it's never all three of them. Yeah. So it's just like, no, you don't, Sheena, because they don't like you. And right. And they constantly, it's a battle, constant back and forth between Sheena and them. But we're we're definitely going to get into that as the seasons go on. So, you know, then we pan over to Stassi and her confessional when she's like, you know, it'd have been so easy for Sheena to just kick me while I was down. Which she should have. She should have one trillion percent. And then she was like, but she's the only one who came to like comfort me. And it's like, yeah. So now because your other friends aren't talking to you and you really don't like your backup friends that much, clearly. So now that Sheena is coming out here to comfort you in your time of disparity, is that the right word? Probably not. Let's just say sadness. Big words, yeah. media words are for destiny. I try <laughs> the basic version of those words. Um, but sometimes I catch myself trying to be like destiny. And so then I have to dial it back. So yes. Um, <laughs> so she comes to comfort her in Stassi's sadness and loneliness and mild depression, as I'm sure Stassi would have described it. And I'm sure this also pumps up Stassi's ego because mm-hmm. she, needs, she needs to feel needed. She does. To feel value. And mm-hmm. that's, it's not a good trait. It's very toxic. And Sheena, you're a fucking idiot for not realizing it. But then in Sheena's eyes, she's probably like, oh, this is my time to be friends with Stassi because none of yep. her are talking to her. Yep. Yes. Which is sad. Fucking dumb. So when I think about my overall thoughts for this episode, the drama is on a junior high level to me. Like these are not even things that happen in high school, not things that happen in college. It is so fucking junior high. It's crazy. Yeah. In 2023, it's, it probably might even be elementary school drama. Right. It's very, very childish. Yep. And oh. I would say the way that people navigate relationships on the show is really insane. It's unhinged. The level of fuckery and the way that everyone is just so intertwined with each other is really really wild and i don't know how anyone could sustain a life this way i just don't know it probably is why they did so much adderall and whatever other drugs they were constantly doing because mm. the drama alone could drive someone to do drugs regularly but then to Truly. heighten that drama by putting it on television yeah mm. that's a mess not at all so that is it for this week, folks. And we're now at the last segment of our show called Savage AF, where we give you our hot takes on each episode. I would say Stassi is the weakest mean girl I've ever seen. Now that she's pissed at Laura Lee, she can be friends with Sheena. It just doesn't make any sense to me. Like if you're going to be mad at somebody, just be mad at them. Or if you don't like them, just don't like them. Don't like them when it's convenient for you to like them. That is pure weak behavior. One thousand percent. I 
that I ditto that sentiment for sure. And then my other Savage AF take on this episode is that Laura Lee is the only person with a fucking backbone. Like, you know, we had that little segment where Tom Sandoval talked about all the ways that Stassi makes these very violent metaphors. Mm -hmm. Laura Lee gives me the vibes that she would actually do that shit. Like, (laughs) but like Laura Lee, I feel like if you get her to the point where you keep fucking with her enough. Yeah, she she really might, you know, tar and feather you and quarter your body and cut your eyeballs out and then put you in the wall. I think she might actually do that. And I can appreciate that, you know. I appreciate it. Silly. <laughs> oh my goodness. Well, that is it for this week. Next week we will be back with episode six. Until then, you can find us at Savage Reality Podcast on Instagram. DM us if you have questions or email us at realityforsavages at gmail.com. Also, don't forget to rate, review, and subscribe to help people find us. So stay tuned and we will see you next week. Bye, sister. Adios.